Hello everyone, welcome to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Today we continue our October movie marathon, 31 Days of Horror. Joining me today to discuss A Quiet Place is Sam Weeks. Welcome to the show, Sam. Hello. Thank you for having me, Dominic. Yes. Uh, I play games every week with your father, and when I was setting up this project, he said you would be particularly interested in discussing A Quiet Place. Yes, absolutely. I I can't say um, that I'm even a huge monster movie fan or that I know much about the genre at all, but I remember seeing A Quiet Place for the first time in theaters and I think in 2018, I believe, and to this day I still definitely list it as one of my favorites I've ever seen. So what is it in particular that you like about this movie? Well, I think for me when I I recommend movies to people, I'm, I'm always thinking about you know, we always have those movies that we really like, but there's always certain aspects of it that are kind of subpar, that aren't um, outstanding. And I would say that the few movies that I would list as a perfect movie to me, which A Quiet Place definitely falls in that category, is just a movie that I think it excels in every single aspect of um, the filmmaking process. I think that the cast is outstanding while um, few in numbers. Um, their performances are they just resonate with everyone who sees it. I think the kind of the achievement in sound design is really, really remarkable, even for people who might not know much about how it works. It's just remarkable how they use sound in the film. I think that the fact that it's shot completely on film makes it incredibly just beautiful to view. And I think the story is super original. So for me, what makes the film just so outstanding is that every every time I watch it, I, I just think, you know, there's there isn't an aspect of it that they could have done better. I think it's all truly just a remarkable work. Yeah. OK, uh, I'm going to give a few statistics on the film here quickly. It's color, of course, in from 2018. John Krasinski is the director and also stars as Lee and his wife, Emily Blunt plays Evelyn. Millicent Simmons plays their daughter Regan. Noah Jupe plays Marcus. And Cade Woodward plays Bo. It's about a family living in a post-apocalyptic situation who has three children and then two children and then three children again. Mm. <laughs> but they lose a parent. Its budget was $17 million and the box office was $350.3 million, so not too shabby and uh, i want to point out that millicent simmons character is deaf and she the actress is also deaf in real life apparently she was quite helpful with uh, training her co-stars to use uh, american sign language yeah which is also handy for them so if anyone who hasn't seen the movie the earth has been somehow invaded by these creatures that have highly sensitive hearing. They don't have sight, and I don't think they have smell either based on what we see, but they have highly sensitive hearing. So the people who have survived the arrival of these creatures are trying to be very quiet all the time. So knowing how to speak sign language is very handy in that situation. However, it seems to me being deaf is an even larger impediment than usual because it's hard for you to know how loud you're being whether or not you are attracting the creatures and i've heard that schools for the deaf i've heard are actually quite loud places people think 
that they would be quiet, but they're very loud because nobody has any idea how much noise they're making. Whereas you and I, you and I try not to bang around and scrape our chairs and things like that. We try not to bother other people Mm -hmm. with with excess noise, but... Uh, for deaf people, that's just not an issue. Uh, I agree with most of what you said there. It is the um, emotions of the movie, the performances, the visuals. Everything is uh, top-notch. John Krasinski says the for him the movie is about uh, parenthood and the inherent perils of parenthood, the difficulty of raising children and keeping them safe. My only issue is, story-wise... What the hell are these things? Where do they come from? And why are they such a huge problem? Because mm-hmm. it seems yes. to me that they are not so overwhelmingly superior that we could not have dealt with them better. And why are there so damn many of them? Because it mm-hmm. seems like wherever you are, if you make a noise, they're just seconds away from coming to get you anywhere. Yeah. It's implied anywhere in the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's kind of something that I noted my first time watching it, as I think for a lot of us who may, might not have, you know, had the, the plot spoiled or seen, I don't even, I can't even say I saw a trailer before the first time I saw it. And so um, kind of coming into it, you know, you know what the premise is, but kind of part, a huge aspect of the film is the unknown. You know, you, st- you start out mm-hmm. kind of really not fully understanding what's happening. You just know that everyone's being quiet you know, the first big loud, the, the first big noise you hear is the rocket. And then that's when the first time that the monster is exposed. And so, yeah, you quickly figure out, like you said, that, yeah, essentially there must be enough of them and they must have strong enough hearing that they each have a radius that no matter where you are, essentially, yeah, like you said, they're they're coming to get you. So I think um, there, there's also a sequel that expands kind of into, there's a prologue that kind of shows their arrival on the planet and i think okay because um, i haven't watched that plan. yet mm-hmm. i think i haven't watched that yet i probably will the rest mm-hmm. okay i probably will yeah. soon but yeah it seems like this hearing could have been used against them to easily yeah. set traps you just put a boom box in the middle of a, a square and mm-hmm. put snipers mm-hmm. on the buildings around it and <laughs> turn turn the thing on remotely and then just pick them off as they come to attack the boombox. Uh, unless there's just so many of them that arrived so quickly that everything was kind of overwhelmed. Yes. It doesn't seem... I mean, they're obviously not from Earth, but they don't seem like the kind of thing that could have come here on a spaceship. They don't appear to have any kind of technological ability. Mm-hmm. They just seem like wild animals. Maybe some higher species from their planet left them here for whatever reason or maybe a portal opened and they just fell through it and don't even want to be here but i do also find their ruthless efficiency to be in a way inefficient because how is there anything left for them to eat there seems to be so many of them as we said in order for them to be near you and able to get to you that quickly there's got to be one every quarter mile (laughs) Yeah, And they seem to have uh, gone through the food source. There don't seem to be many people left. I don't think we see any cows or horses or dogs. So they're quickly yes. going to starve to death because they've overconsumed their food source. But who knows? Maybe they go from planet to planet and <laughs> doing this. Right. Maybe they can't help themselves and they just strip a planet 
clean and then move on to the next one. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Is any of that explained in the sequel? Yes. The well, their origin essentially. See, there's just okay. um, some info on their on, on their arrival, and then there's a third okay. one planned. They, I believe it was actually always planned oh. to be a trilogy. So I think that's kind of the okay. goal is to keep expanding on why you know why is this happening how did we get here yeah i did read a thing that originally they had a thought of making it part of the cloverfield franchise and then decided not to do that and let it be its own thing and turn it into its own franchise which i think was probably the better idea because those cloverfield movies are not well connected together Particularly that third one. I, I can't you, even uh, say I've seen them. Yeah. You haven't seen any of them? I don't believe so. No. Okay. First Cloverfield is just a straight up Godzilla type thing, mm. but set in America. And it's like a found footage. So Godzilla from the ground level of just mm. a couple of people who have a video camera and are recording it as they go. Okay. Okay. And then the second one is a very different kind of movie about a survivalist who's locked himself in a bunker to deal with this situation and a woman who ends up getting brought into the bunker with him. And so all this fallout from the monster's arrival is going on outside, but the movie's really about what's going on inside of this bunker. And then the third one is just a weird space station thing that was not even originally supposed to be part of the series and they just decided to make it part of it so it's poorly connected at all i could see though how they would have in cloverfield there's the big monster but there's also these smaller monsters and i can see how they might have had the idea to try to connect this to that Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I believe it was the writers of the first one who first conceptualized it. And then I think they handed it to John Krasinski and he said, I want to really run with this. And that's why he, then he wanted to do his own kind of version of the screenplay. And then he also is writing the, the remainder of the franchise. And so I think, I think that, yeah, he, he really wanted it to make it its own thing. And I think he definitely achieved what he wanted to. Yeah. And I I think the Cloverfield thing was a producer idea, not the original writers and certainly not John Krasinski's idea. Hmm. So it must have been the same film company. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's better off for not being part of that franchise. Anything else you want to talk about or any particular moments that stand out to you? Hmm. I mean, primarily just, um, I, I kind of had it on in the background earlier today just to make sure I was refreshed. And every time, um, I, I always just notice how, how well thought out the details are and how, how the family has, uh, kind of adapted to this, this lifestyle. Um, I think, uh, certainly 
uh, you kind of um, touched on it that I, I think when I describe the movie to people, I, I say, of course, it's a thriller, but also it's kind of a family drama um, within that. And I think it's it's kind of beautiful how they've, they've really um, thought out just how they do everything and um, how um, Emily Blunt's character kind of manages with, without a doctor even and how she's pregnant. And um, I, I just, I always think that's, a really impressive thing in movies for me is when I, I notice little details and go, wow, that, yeah, that does seem realistic. Cause that would be kind of a hard um, environment to kind of empathize with and put yourself in those shoes. You know, how would, how would that kind of life, that lifestyle <laughs> work out? And so I, th- I think that's really, it's always outstanding to me how I, I go, wow. Yeah, no, this seems very realistic. I'm kind of drawn into how they're adapting to not being able to ever make sounds. Yeah. The part that stood out for me, I think, was the nail. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, at some point, somebody's going to step on that thing. And they can't, in this circumstance, once they discover the problem, they can't just go get a hammer and bang it back down. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that nail's just going to be an issue for them to deal with as long as they're in that house now. Careful mm-hmm. going down the stairs. Don't step on the nail. Well, I I did enjoy it, uh, even though I'm, uh, you know, criticizing some of the um, stuff with the monsters. It's a very well-made movie. I enjoyed it quite a lot. So I'm using a five pumpkin scale to rate these movies. (laughs) Nice, nice. Uh, So one out of five pumpkins, how many would you give it? Uh, I I have to go with our our point fives allowed. Sure. I'll go with a 4.5. Yeah, okay. definitely. I think I think it's it would be hard to to beat it. Yeah. All right. So I think the highest we've had so far. I'm really? gonna give it a four. Yeah. yeah. I I've said this twice already. I think on these I say my fives for things like Casablanca and Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, Josie and, and Josie and the most, Pussycats is definitely a five. Yeah. Most things get a three from me. One is I hated it. Two is I didn't like it. Three is it was mm-hmm. okay. Four, I liked it. And five, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I'm very stingy with my fives. Hey, that's that's um, admirable for sure. <laughs> Some people are under the impression that I hate everything. I don't hate everything. <laughs> I no, just it's, have... It's, uh, it's good to know your your taste, to know what's impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just have high standards, it's all. Uh, Sam, is anything you're working on? Anything you want to plug or anything? Oh, anything I want to Your, plug? Um, website, Twitter, whatever. My uh, my website is sam.weeks, W-E-A-K-S dot org. And that's where I, um, I kind of update my music. I'm a musician. And so that's kind of where I um, keep people updated on there. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me today, Sam. Everybody check out A Quiet Place if you haven't already and we haven't spoiled it for you. As always, we will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go.